Hello, welcome to another episode of Field of Screams. I'm your host, Tyler Singleton. Today we are going to be talking about a film called Butterfly Kisses. The title isn't very scary, but I definitely find this film to be a very underrated, eerie film. Now what this film is essentially, it's a documentary inside a documentary wrapped up into a found footage film. It sounds confusing, but I promise it's not. This film was written and directed by Eric Myers. The film stars Rachel Armiger as Sophia, Reed DeLisle as Feldman, and Seth Kalick as Gavin. I found this film on Amazon one night and I got to watching it and it was great. I wanted to make an episode over it. So if you like found footage films, this is a great movie for you to watch. If you don't like found footage films, there was actually a few reviews over this film that I read and they were saying, oh, I hate found footage films, but this movie was great. So even if you don't like the genre of found footage, this is a good movie to check out. It's very underrated in my opinion. Now I'm going to dive into this film and this is where it's pretty heavy spoiler territory so if you haven't seen it i highly suggest you watch it before listening to this for those who have seen this movie let's jump on in so the film opens up with a girl named sophia she's sitting in a chair she's talking to the camera which is recording her she seems very freaked out she's saying that peeping tom is coming for her that she's having trouble keeping her eyes open that she's going to blink in a little bit and she's saying please show my parents this film please edit this film together it's a nice hook for the film to use to get you invested and make you wonder who peeping tom is one thought i had is if i was in that state or condition i would not want my parents to see it but i get it she thinks these are her last seconds of her life and that she was not going to be around much longer. You definitely get the vibes that something tragic is about to happen to her. And once this clip ends, this is where we meet another character named Gavin. Gavin is being recorded and he is holding up this box that is full of videotapes and he seems very excited. The box says right on it, do not watch. And what does Gavin do? He decides to watch these films. Now before I get too far into the characters of Sophia and Gavin... The film discusses the lore of Peeping Tom or the Blink Man or Mr. Blink, whatever you want to refer to him as. It, he has different names used by different people. But basically the lore is that you go to this train tunnel and you stare down this train tunnel at 11 o'clock at night. And if you stare for one hour straight without blinking, you will see Peeping Tom. He will appear. Now when he appears, every time you blink, he gets closer and then you keep blinking and he gets even closer and this keeps going until finally he gets so close that when you do your final blink he has these really long eyelashes to which when he gets so close to you it's almost like he's giving you butterfly kisses hence the name of the film and then you're dead this is explained by local townspeople in a typical found footage fashion just like the Blair Witch Project to which they're going around town, they're recording people, and they're asking them about the legend of Peeping Tom. Now, when I say they're recording people, part of it's kind of set up like a news network. Like, they're being interviewed, and you just get a bunch of different opinions of people, stories they've heard of people that were able to stare down the train tracks for an hour without blinking, and then they see the Peeping Tom, and usually that person dies shortly after. The news network then asks, is it possible to actually stare for one hour straight without blinking? 
you get a lot of people's opinions, and then it cuts to this one older guy, and he goes, well, of course we don't know if it's true. They're too busy trying to stay alive. And he's clearly a believer in the whole legend. I, I laughed at that part. Speaking of legend, an author named Shelley Wygant was creating a book that consisted of local haunted tales, and she got a tip from an anonymous user online that talked about the Peeping Tom or Mr. Blink. So she included that into her book, and that person was the director, Eric Myers. He did that to create a little hype for his book. He later called her to let her know that he spread that lore online, thinking that she would be furious with him, but when he told her, she laughed it off, and she said that she thought it was brilliant. So she was a good sport about the whole thing. So let's get back to how this film's set up. We have Gavin, who found the box of videotapes. Those videotapes, what they contained, was film created by Sophia, the girl we saw in the beginning, and her partner, partner in filming, I guess I should say, I don't think they're a couple, um, her partner was Feldman. So we have Gavin, who is a filmmaker, that found these box of videos that contained film created by another filmmaker, Sophia, and Feldman. Gavin explains to us that he watched all the videotapes and they were very creepy and eerie. The videotapes lead to Sophia and Feldman's demise. Now, Gavin traveled around the area and he tried to find people related to Sophia or Feldman. He tried to find the teacher in which they talked to during this movie. And yet he couldn't find anyone that would give him any information. So he started to get a little suspicious that, you know, maybe these were actors. Maybe this was a film they created. And this was the answers that he was trying to find. He wanted to create his own documentary and spread the truth out there as to what consisted of these tapes. Now, documenting this journey of Gavin trying to get the truth out there is his film crew that are creating their own documentary. Now, they asked him at one point, they said, well, why do you need us if, if you are a filmmaker? And his response is, well, in this journey, if something happens, it'd be a little more credible if I'm not the one creating this film. I'm the one who's narrating it. I'm searching for answers. You guys film it. Once you film it, you complete the film. And that way, if something happens, it's more credible. And it's not just me making this film. I thought it was a pretty good answer. So now that we've established Gavin, let's cut to Sophia and Feldman. They are trying to create a film over the supposed Peeping Tom. They go to the train tunnel and they bring along a guy named Miles who is a staring contest champion, I think they said he was. And he stands in front of this tunnel and he starts staring down and they're like, oh, you gotta do it for an hour. And I think he lasts like 10 minutes. He doesn't do it. He, he looks really disappointed and says, sorry guys, and he kind of bails. But then Feldman has an idea. Why don't I just stick my camera down the tunnel at 11 o'clock, and then at midnight, we'll stop it and we'll see if we see the Peeping Tom or Mr. Blink. So they set up the camera, and Sophia and Feldman, they're standing there when it hits midnight. Sophia asks Feldman if he can see anything. He looks, he's disappointed, he shuts it. And then they go home. But later on, while they're doing the editing, and they see something down in the tunnel. And then you see Peeping Tom. It's him appearing. It seems like he floats out of the ground. It's, it's a really cool shot, honestly. And they get all excited that they finally spotted Peeping Tom. 
Once we get that glimpse of Peeping Tom, we now cut back to Gavin. Now you see what I mean by it's layered a documentary inside of a documentary. They break some information to us via Sophia and Feldman, and then we cut to Gavin to see what he is doing present day. What Gavin is doing with this footage of Peeping Tom is he assembled a group of ghost hunters inside of like a public forum. It very much looks like a forum um, on the show of Parks and Rec to where they're all sitting at the table and then all the people are criticizing them wanting all these crazy things. That's kind of what the scene reminds me of. But Gavin's showing footage of the Peeping Tom, but these ghost hunters don't seem that interested. They think it might be actors. Every time that one of these ghost hunters says they might be actors or they don't really believe in the tape that he's showing them, he responds in kind of a snappy way. You start to see he's kind of an unlikable character, again, done intentionally. But he responds back to him like, Oh, I, I thought you of all people would know how exciting this stuff is. We should be out there figuring this stuff out together. And they're just like, No, I don't think so. And one lady asks if he's on medication. And then he's kind of like, How dare you? I think you're on medication for asking a question like that. And they're all just like awkward silence. The presentation doesn't go well, to say the least. Now, his own film crew, they kind of criticize or raise some questions to which this this movie does a good job of criticizing the cliche found footage tropes. They kind of raise the question of, isn't it awfully convenient that Sophia was a filmmaker and so are you and you just happen to find her box of tapes? He acknowledges it and is like, yeah, yeah, true. But then they, the filmmakers stumble upon a little tidbit that Sophia and Feldman in another film project to where they were covering members of deceased people. There was a scene to which they hired an actress. Now this film they did was supposed to be an authentic piece. And it even shows a scene of Sophia and Feldman. They're standing there and Feldman looks at Sophia and says, Do you think we would have won if we didn't have that scene? And she responds, Which scene? And he just gives her a smile and says, You know the scene I'm talking about. Which he's talking about the scene with the actress. So the film crew approaches Gavin. They said, Well, why didn't you tell us about the tape where they're talking about putting an actress into their project? And Gavin just goes, Well, that, does, that has nothing to do with peeping Tom. And they respond back with, what do you mean? This makes it look like all these films we're documenting now are just actors or them playing it up. Like, this this could be faked and we're, we're playing it off as it's real. Like, this is a big deal. And they ask him if he's holding anything back, to which he responds, no. The film crew also catch Gavin trying to clear up the tapes that he found and try to enhance the audio. That why it's playable and theaters and they ask him why he's doing that why doesn't he just release these videos as they are so it's authentic and he goes well you know you know how it is like we this could be the next big thing guys like we got to make sure this is consumable by the mass audience so now we start to question not only are Sophia and Feldman faking this whole thing but is Gavin in on it too is he just trying to make a quick buck out of this project are these films faked is he the one arranging the camera crew pull Gavin aside and they ask him what films has he worked on and he kind of has a truthful moment of, well, I haven't really done official filming. And they're like, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, during the summers I film weddings. He goes, during wedding season I'm pretty busy. 
is what we use to pay the bills. And then when it's not wedding season, we just try to get by. They do a cut to Gavin's wife, to which she basically echoes the same thing, that Gavin is really busy during wedding season, and then it's hard when it's not wedding season. And she mentions that he was really excited about this new project he has, and one of the camera crew asks her, well, isn't it wedding season? And she just kind of smirks and says, well, it is July. So we get the subtle hints that Gavin's wife isn't too happy, He's putting his family kind of on the back burner for this project. And his big money maker season, he is doing this random video project that she really doesn't know a lot about. All of these bits of information, I mean, not only does it have us question Gavin's character and whether or not these tapes are real, but I do think it's kind of a character study to which filmmakers can easily be a part of to where you want to make it big time. So you take a project that's supposed to be authentic and you know, maybe you do a shortcut. Maybe you take the easy way out. You do something that will appeal to the masses instead of something personal and unique. And I think that's kind of the message that this film's trying to send and maybe a Peeping Tom represents. These people are trying to reach fortune and fame, maybe doing it in a greedy way. Gavin not being there for his family, Sophia and Feldman cheating a school project which is supposed to be authentic to people who passed away but yet they use an actress to which is not really true to what they are presenting. Sophia and Feldman now approach their teacher to show her the footage that they filmed at the train tunnel. Her first response is, why are you recording me? And Sophia goes, oh it's part of a project, wait and see, I, we gotta show you. And they put it up on a projector and they show her the peeping Tom. The teacher looks at it and goes, wow nice effect and she goes no 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 it's not an effect and she's trying to explain to her and she goes listen guys like you're you're gonna have a nice little horror movie on your hands like this is great work keep it up and Feldman kind of like walks away Sophia looks at her and goes do you really think Feldman could do this there's no way like this is real and the teacher interjects and says listen Feldman's a slacker but he's a genius he knows how to do the digital effects. He is perfectly capable of doing that nice shot. Sophia later goes by Feldman's house in which he is just buried into the footage in which they recorded the past couple days. And he looks at the footage to which they visited the teacher and in the background you see the Peeping Tom guy again. And then the next footage he pulls up you see Peeping Tom again. And Feldman figures out, he goes, every time I turn off my camera and turn it back on you see Peeping Tom. It's like the camera's blinking, and he's getting closer within every shot. Now, the teacher scene before this, it really makes us question Feldman's capability and if he's the one behind all of this. You can see in Sophia's face that she's even starting to question it. Now we have shots of Gavin again. Gavin finds an author that had talked to Sophia and Feldman before, and Gavin's very excited. He contacted him, asked him if he could come by his house, and the guy said, sure, we'll call this author Lake, because that's his last name. So Gavin knocks on the door, Lake opens the door, and Lake looks surprised by the cameras, and Gavin's just like, oh, don't worry about them, act like they're not here. Let them do their thing, and we'll just talk. And Lake's just like, okay. And Lake seems friendly enough about it, but then Gavin starts walking around the house, he kind of makes himself at home, and Gavin just seems overly excited. Gavin and Lake then sit down at the table. 
Gavin starts questioning Lake pretty hard, and Lake's not really giving him the information he needs, and Gavin starts criticizing him of being behind the disappearances of Sophia and Feldman. By this point, Lake wants nothing to do with Gavin. He goes on, turn off the cameras, and Gavin pushes even harder, and Lake just goes, oh, shut him off, shut him off, and he kicks him out of the house. So we go to Gavin's house, since we got kicked out of Lake's house, and the cameraman are walking around filming Gavin as if he was actually at home. Gavin sits on the couch next to his kid. The kid's not really looking at him. It's kind of awkward silence. Gavin asks his kid for a hug. The kid refuses and walks away. Then his wife walks in and looks at Gavin, looks at the film crew, and she asks Gavin to come into the kitchen. She then asks Gavin how he got the camera crew, and Gavin says, well, I had to pay him, and he starts making these excuses. She's mad because they're having trouble affording things at home. She's very irritated, and Gavin just kind of like, listen to you're kind of embarrassing me. Like, these guys are filming. They're going to be here a little bit. I'm sorry. And then that's the end of that. We see how Gavin interacts with his family. By this point in the film, we start to get glimpses of how the cameramen act. Before, it was just they were holding the cameras. We were seeing Gavin. We were seeing Sophia. We were seeing Feldman. But Gavin's cameraman, they start talking when Gavin's not around. And one guy, he's completely, he's not having it. He does not believe and what Gavin's selling, he thinks Gavin's making it up, trying to make it big. To where is the other cameraman? He's kind of quieter, but I think he believes a little bit. This might seem like a small detail, but it pays off later in the film. We go to Feldman now, who actually has a pretty decent idea. Every time they see Peeping Tom, he's hiding behind buildings, trees, whatever. It's very hard to see him. So Feldman has the idea of he's going to take his camera, he's going to put it on a football field, and then he's going to turn it on and off, on and off. So Peeping Tom has nowhere to hide. The way he films this, the camera turns on, Feldman's in front of it, and he's like, blink test one, he moves, and Peeping Tom's usually right behind him, a little far away. He turns it off, turns it on, he's in front of the camera again, moves, Peeping Tom's there again. And it keeps going closer and closer, and there's even a scene to where Peeping Tom waves at the camera. This was a fun bit. We get a nice clear view of Peeping Tom, just as Feldman predicted. But then we cut to Gavin, who Gavin's showing this film to a critic. And the critic's watching, he goes, oh yeah, these are just typical tricks that found footage films use. You see here, they're driving, he pops up in the background. You know, it's just really convenient that they have the film on during these big moments. And then it cuts to the football scene, and he goes, notice every time Feldman turns on the camera, He's standing right in front of the camera. The switch is on the back of the camera. Why is he in front of the camera? That makes no sense. And again, the film is very aware of the found footage tropes. Of course, Gavin doesn't like this criticism. He immediately goes, oh, so why are you even here then? And he just writes off everything the guy says. So now we go back to Sophia, and she goes to visit Feldman. She enters his house, and he's in pretty rough shape. He's just sitting on the floor looking at the mirror. He tells her that his time's almost done. He tells Sophia that the Peeping Tom's going to get him. And once Peeping Tom does, she needs to take the footage, edit it together, complete the film like she said she would. And then once she does that, Peeping Tom's going to come for her. And then it's going to be over, to which she's pretty upset and she leaves the house. 
we go back to Gavin, and Gavin's frustrated because every resource that he tried to use to get the word out, they're not listening. So he turns to the cameraman and he goes, don't you guys have a connection that we could use? And then they're like, well, you know, we're supposed to be hands off with us filming. And, you know, again, they kind of relate to the authentic process. But then he, Gavin says, well, if you help me, it helps me get the word out there. It makes a better story for you. It's a win-win. And the cameraman, they, they talk to their boss, who you don't see at this moment. But as the movie goes, you start to see more of the personalities of who's behind the scenes of creating this film. And they do hook him up with a DJ. We see a split scene of Gavin meeting the DJ. They're talking beforehand, before they go on air. And then it does a cutscene to the DJ talking to the cameraman. And the DJ goes, why are you guys hanging around him? I don't understand what we're doing. And the cameraman explained to him, well, it's a character study that we're filming. And you start to see the motivation of the cameramen who are filming Gavin. Again, it's a common theme in this movie to where a filmmaker or someone is filming something in an effort to be authentic. But then their own motivations get in the way and they start to have their own agenda and getting something created. We cut back to Gavin and Gavin is talking about the lore of Peeping Tom. He's showing the videos online and the DJ goes, all right, let's get some callers in here. And these callers call in and they are brutal with Gavin. They're calling him names, calling him a sellout, telling him he's profiting off people's death. And they're just laying into him, and Gavin really just takes it in this scene. He's kind of quiet. He's not arguing. He knows this is his final bridge. And he, he's trying to get the word out, but these people aren't having it. They're calling him out every single step of the way. Now, there is a special caller that the DJ has called in. He says, okay, we have one last call. Let's see who it is. And what do you know? It's Eduardo Sanchez who directed the Blair Witch Project. It's honestly pretty cool once he pops in it's like whoa where did this come from but yep it's really him he's calling in now eduardo when he calls in it almost reminds me of a intervention type call he tells why he thinks the footage is fake he doesn't think it's real and he tells gavin listen like the word's gonna get out and once word gets out if you are faking this it's gonna be really bad for you you should just fess up now if you're lying and Gavin's just kind of staring at the ground and then he barely whimpers and says I'm being as honest as I can be and then Eduardo Sanchez just kind of goes like okay and they they move on and Gavin's done with the radio call after this radio bit the cameraman follow Gavin home and Gavin walks in and there's an empty home with a note on the table and Gavin picks it up reads it and he starts crying the cameraman, they walk up and they they comfort Gavin. It was at this moment in the film where I honestly started to feel sorry for Gavin. I was like, man, you know, he's, he's annoying and he's a bad father and husband, but he's getting it really rough right now. And I started to feel for him. But then he turns to the cameraman and he says, well, and he says his wife's name. He says, she was putting money away for our son, for when he goes to college or for future reference. And I took all of that money out and put it toward this film. And then at that moment, I was like, gosh darn it, Gavin. You can't do anything right. Now we cut back to Sophia, and Sophia's recording her TV, and the news is covering Feldman's death. Uh, they said Feldman's death was due to 
heart failure, I think, or natural causes. They didn't say it was murder. We see the footage that Feldman's recording. He has one final blink left till Peeping Tom gets him. So he's waiting and he finally does the final blink. He has a hammer in hand and his plan was to hit Peeping Tom with the hammer to try to end things when he does the final blink. So when he activates the final blink, he kind of does, ah, and nothing happens. And he's sitting there breathing real hard. You know a scare's coming. And all of a sudden, Peeping Tom just appears in the camera, and then that leads to Feldman's death. We now go to Gavin's camera crew, and they are looking at Feldman's tape, and they notice that when Peeping Tom pops out in front of the camera, they zoom in on his eyes, and what you see is instead of the angle of the camera shooting down the tunnel, you see Peeping Tom's eyes, his perspective, looking back at the camera. The cameraman, they see this, and I think they're starting to make believers out of the project, at least a couple of them. The one cameraman who was really nice to Gavin, or at least was quiet and wasn't criticizing him, he takes these little audio clips, and he puts it into this program to which you can see the audio levels, and... What the audio levels was making was like a little icon of Peeping Tom. And that cameraman goes, man, like, there's no way Gavin could have done this. Like, this is insane. And he looks around and goes, well, I, I wanted to show Gavin this. Where is he? And they tell him, well, Gavin cut off communication with us for a couple weeks. And you can see disappointment in his face to which he goes, oh. The cameraman finally get word that Gavin is at the train tunnel where it all started with Sophia and Feldman. So we see the perspective of them walking towards the train tunnel and they see Gavin and Gavin is filming down the tunnel. It's all 11 o'clock. He's trying to do the ceremony. He's speaking gibberish. He's completely out of his mind. Unable to pull Gavin away from the train tunnel, they kind of back away towards their trucks. They're pondering how they can help Gavin. They're starting to realize there's an individual in trouble and they need to try to find help for him. They go back and then Gavin's completely gone, missing. They look for him, they don't have any luck, so they kind of hang up the effort in trying to help Gavin. The film crew, they're going through all their footage back at their office, and all of a sudden they get Feldman's journal in the mail from Gavin himself. They're looking at it, they think it's crazy. There's other journals, and one of them has a key to get inside a motel room. So they take that motel key... And they go to his motel room to which he's staying. And the room is a mess. There's pictures of Peeping Tom that Gavin drew hanging up on the wall. There's sunflower seed packages. The, the room is just a total mess. One of the guys walks into the bathroom and he immediately runs out. We cut to a news article saying that Gavin died of heart failure. And then it quickly goes to photos of Gavin's dead body. And it looks pretty gnarly. There's two final scenes at this point, and I think they're rather good scenes. The second to last scene is the cameraman standing, and they're talking to their boss at this point. And the cameraman, they just say to him, I don't know if we should pursue this or publish this. We weren't expecting this. This was supposed to be a character study, and now we have a dead body here. And the guy who's in charge of the whole operation, he shuts that down, and he goes, No, listen, this lore... It, it creates itself. We could publish this. This could be big, guys. This could be big time. We need to get this out. Imagine how the people would react. And they ask him one final question. They say, do you believe in Peeping Tom? 
and he just kind of looks at the camera and he doesn't answer the question. But it goes back to the theme that's going on this whole movie. Every time there's something at stake, these people, just because they want to make it big, they take that risk despite who they're disrespecting, whether someone passed away or it's their own family they put on the back burner. It continues that pattern. The last scene, we see Sophia. And it's the scene from the very beginning of the movie when we see her saying, show my mom and dad this, she's freaked out. She's saying she doesn't know how many, how much longer she can go without blinking. But and then it kind of cuts off from what we see from the beginning of the film. And she's sitting in her chair and she says, I have an idea and I think I know how to beat Peeping Tom. And she says, I have one blink left. And she takes a picture frame, takes a hammer to it, takes a broken shard of glass, and then she cuts off her own eyelids. And then the film kind of cuts to black. And then we see one last frame to which it's her sitting there without her eyelids, bleeding, and Peeping Tom's right by her, his face real close to her face, and she kind of caresses her face, and then the movie's done. The end shot is kind of vague in terms of what actually happens to Sophia. You know, did she actually beat Peeping Tom? Or will Peeping Tom just sit there and haunt her until she finally passes away? Usually I don't like endings that kind of leave it up for interpretation, but I think this is rather effective in this scene. I mentioned that Eduardo Sanchez has a little scene in this movie when she's talking to Gavin. Eduardo Sanchez was actually the producer of this film when Eric Myers talked to him. He was so interested in the film after he gave the pitch that he actually agreed to produce it. So that's an interesting fact about this movie. Again, this movie surpassed my expectations for it. I think it's a really effective found footage film and I think it's just a good film overall. It has a good message to it and it's pretty creepy. This sums up the breakdown of Butterfly Kisses. Feel free to follow Field of Screams on social media. I have a Facebook fan page, there's, there's a Twitter account, there's Instagram. Go ahead and follow those and you can get updates of when an episode's coming out. Feel free to su subscribe so you get a notification whenever a new episode comes out then. Thank you to those who are listening to this right now. It's great to have followers and get feedback every episode. I, I really appreciate that. I hope you tune in for the next episode. I'll catch you later.